You are listening to Feast Radio, bringing God's love and grace on air. Listen to significant and heartfelt messages you can reflect on and pray about. May this message help prepare you to face challenges, follow your dreams, and open yourself up to God's unlimited blessings. Oh, thank you, Jesus. God is good. And all the time, God is good. One more time. Can we give the Lord a big, big hand? It is so, so good to see so many people celebrate with us today. Thank you so much for coming out. Thank you for joining the feast. Can you turn to somebody beside you and say thank you for being here? Thank you so much. We want to greet all our online audience, by the way. Thank you also for being here today. Thank you for joining us. Thank you for not clicking on another button, any notification. And, and thank you for staying with us today. We're going to learn about a beautiful passage from the book of Scripture. We're studying the book of Genesis today. And we have prepared a fantastic, incredible message. I hope that you came ready, hungry for the Word of God. Amen. All right. I want to see some very uh, important people right now. We are starting this month with a bang. And so I want to acknowledge all those who are celebrating their birthdays in the month of July. Can you lift up your hand? Come on. Lift up your hand. Tap them on the shoulder. Make them feel loved today. Lift your hand one more time. If you are beside somebody who will celebrate their birthday this month, we want to pray for you and give you a spiritual gift. Father in heaven, we join our hearts to declare abundance over the life of this person. We truly believe, Lord, that their names are already written in heaven. Their names are already mentioned in rooms that their feet have not yet entered in. And you've got a blessing already with their name on it. They just need to walk into that blessing. We declare provision. We declare healing. We declare direction. We declare your love abounding in their life. Set them free and set in motion the plan that you have prepared in their life. Bless them so much, oh God. Pour out your heaven over their life that they will have no other option but to share those blessings to everyone around them. All of this we pray in the most holy name. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Happy birthday, everybody. Our founder of our community is celebrating his birthday this month. So you are blessed that you are sharing your birthday with none other than Brother Bo himself. It's a good month. I also want to thank all the, the organizers of our conference yesterday, Jules Conference. How many women attended the conference yesterday? Raise your hand. We want to acknowledge all the women here. Thank you so much for supporting this event. But you know, this is one way for us to know that we are slowly starting our big events, our conferences. And this is good news for us. We wait for November for the announcement if we're going to have a live feast conference. How many of you are excited for that? Yeah. But before Feast Conference happens, actually there is one big event that I'd like to personally invite you to. It's the uh, it's first one that we've had in the last two years. God knows we haven't had a big event lately. And uh, I want you to know that we are having a very beautiful 
Thanksgiving concert called Heroes. Can everybody shout Heroes? Look at the person beside you. That person doesn't look like a hero, but they are a hero. This is going to be a Thanksgiving concert for our frontliners to celebrate, you know, the victory and the blessing that they gave to all of us. So I hope that you can support this concert. It's going to happen here on July 24, PICC Plenary Hall. We're starting today to sell the tickets. So please grab your tickets. Tell your friends about it. Share it in your wall posts and, and let's be blessed by this because more than actually just inspiring you and entertaining you, this concert will have a message. We're going to have a lot of surprises. We'll have the fog machine for Brother Adrian. We're, the builders are going to sing a song to everybody and it's going to be fun. Okay, so can I expect you to join and be there? Yeah? You can go out into the lobby and then buy your tickets today, okay? The details are all over social media. You can see that. Um, I want to take this time also before we go into the Word to uh, say this out loud. I want to apologize being one of your leaders here in the district. Some of you probably don't know this, that there was a family who came here this morning. Big family. But unfortunately, they were not able to come inside. If you're listening online if, and you're in the family, I want to apologize on behalf of our district because, you know, PICC has a very strict policy about the dress code about wearing slippers and shorts and so you know it's a policy that we we ad ad adhere to uh, not because we entirely you know agree to it but because we're obedient and we're respectful we respect the policy of PICC we love the venue and we want to appreciate the way that they take care of this venue but we got to adhere to certain policies of the venue and so I want to apologize to you if you're listening and and, and know that I, I hope that you can join us again next Sunday hopefully and then come in the right attire and we want you to come definitely especially those who are attending online please come and join our live gathering there are seats reserved for you that has your name on it you just need to come here but we do abide by the rules and regulations of PICC so thank you so much everyone for respecting for being patient and for being extra understanding can you touch with your neighbor again and tell that person thank you thank you come on let's just have a culture of gratitude here we're very grateful that we are in PICC. It's a beautiful international convention center, but do, they do have the rules and, and regulations, okay? Last announcement, okay? One last, and then we'll start with a word. My last announcement is this. We'd like to invite you to serve in our ministries. We need warm bodies to serve in our ministries. We got a lot of ministries that's, that's opening up. We got our, our, our Young David's ministry, for instance. We need people in our media. We need people to serve in our production. We need people to serve in our work. So if you feel like this is the season where God is calling you to stretch yourselves and then give a little part of your time in your schedule, please sign up. If you want to know more about the ministries, hey, we're just a message away. Message us in our social media pages and we'd love to connect you in our ministries, all right? So serve with us. Be part of the work that we do in the kitchen and we're going to be blessed by that. Amen? Amen? All right. So with all that announcement is done and said, I, I'd, I'd love to give you the word today. And like I said, we are in a beautiful series called uh, Blessing and Curse. We started it last week in uh, the forum, by the way. Another, another message. I know that some of you struggle whenever we are in the forum tent because of the audio. It's a struggle for us to preach there as well, but I hope that you can stretch your yourselves a little further we're gonna be there again next week but I hope that you come still but we're fixing the venue already okay we're gonna look for another venue I promise that 
Also because PICC also informed us that we're no longer allowed to use the forum after July 20. So we're going to need another venue here in PICC. Okay? So that's a promise. But I hope that you still come. But anyway, this is talk number two of our series, Blessing and Curse. And you're going to be blessed by this because our message is so good. It ministered to me deeply this week. And I'm praying and we're declaring that it will minister to each one of you here today. Are you ready for God's Word today? All right. Join me as we signify the greatest symbol of love in the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Everybody stretch your hands out. Come on. Say this with me. Today, I receive all of God's love for me. Today, I open myself to the unbounding, limitless, overflowing abundance of God's universe. Today, I open myself to God's blessings, healing, and miracles. Today, I open myself to God's Word so that I become more like Jesus every day. Today, I proclaim that I'm God's beloved, I am God's servant, and I'm God's powerful champion. And because I am blessed, I am blessing the world. In Jesus' name, amen. Everybody, can you join me as we lift our hands? If you're online, please stand up to give honor and reverence to the Lord's Word. Thy work is a lamp unto my feet and a light unto my path. To serve us with this delicious meal today, everybody please welcome our leader, servant of God, Brother Bo Sanchez. Amen. Please give a big hand to Audi Villarasa. Let's give a big hand also to our worship team. Thank you guys. Thank you so much. That's so good. That is so good. I want you to sit down for a while and touch somebody beside you. Tell that person, God will speak to you today. Today I want to preach on the message, Step on the Serpent. Everybody say, Step on the Serpent. I want you to touch somebody in the shoulder and poke that person and tell that person, you got to step on the serpent. You've got to, you've got to. Before I open the text, I, I, I have a story I'd like to share with you from the Jurassic area era of my life. When I was in grade six, I had a classmate. His name was Ariel. And you see, for some reason, there were only four guys in the class of 40. So Ariel and I became friends. But immediately, I knew that he had lots of stuff that I didn't have. The first one, the most obvious one, was that he was very, very intelligent. His grades were like rocket ships. They danced in the stars. Mine were submarines. They dove to the depths of the murky waters and darkness. Second, he was a star athlete. I mean basketball, football, baseball. Ang galing galing niya. Me, never mind. You know, there was one time I was playing Jackstone because, you know, we were four guys in the class, right? 36 girls. So, so I was sitting on the floor and the other girls, were, we were playing Jackstone. And of course I was losing. And then Ariel comes, sits down. Oh my gosh, 
star player in Jackstone. You know, I don't, how many played Jackstone when you were kids? You, do you remember the exhibition part? This guy! You're supposed to have three loops. He had eight. I mean, Olympic level Jackstone exhibition. But I kind of like comforted myself. You know, this guy's brainy, this guy's athletic. And oh, by the way, of course, guapo. I mean, he was guapo. Remember, 36 girls, four guys. So he had a fans club of girls following him. I mean, at that time, I did not know what that meant. At that time. At that time. Anyway, I comforted myself and I said, I, I had one skill. And I was proud of it. I knew how to draw. Like, like science notebook, math notebook, you know, draw, whatever not, notebook I had, half of them were filled with drawings. Like, I love drawing and I knew as a good illustrator. And there was this one day, our homeroom teacher, she had an activity. She put all our names, all the students' names in a box. And then we're supposed to pick one. And then, on the spot, create a greeting card for that person, for that classmate. And I said, ha, yes, my territory. I'm good here. You know, so, so I was drawing and I, I drew my greeting card for my classmate. And I remember, I still remember, it was, a, it was Superman. You know, I, I put it there. And then it was time to give our greeting cards to each other. Lo and behold, you know who picked my name? Ariel, of course. He comes to me, gives me his card, and my jaw dropped. Parang hallmark. I mean, you know, he, he drew this luxury ship, and it was really like, like with the etching and the shadows and the color combination. <laughs> and then the calligraphy, you know, professional level calligraphy. You know what he wrote? I like red ships. I like blue ships, but most of all, I like friendship. Ariel. <laughs> and I, so, you know, after that, I went to God and I said, Lord Namano, why are you so unfair? You gave him so many talents, you did not give me one. Well, I, I have a little drawing, but look, he is ten times better than me. Lord Naman. You know, why? You know, anyway, I want you to know that I was envious of him. But thanks be to God that it did not go into malevolence. Because, you know, as, I was, as the years went by, I real I mean, what do I mean? I mean, I did not wish him evil or, or bad stuff, you know. Because as I grew up, I realized that envy, it has two faces. Face one is... I don't know if you're familiar with this, but face one, raise your hand if you experience this. Why does he have what I don't have? Have you ever experienced that in your life? Raise your hand. Thank you. Level two, face two, envy is he shouldn't have what I don't have. And that's when you start pulling him down. That's when you judge, that's when you criticize, and that's, that's when you wish him ill. We're going to read 
the story of someone who experienced that. And I have learned in life now that the only way to combat evil, envy, the evil of envy, is number one, to celebrate his abundance, to celebrate the abundance of a human being. And number two, to trust in God that I too will discover the abundance in my life. Did you hear me? Amen. Now, to be able to trust in God, that is very important. Everybody say, trust in God to discover your own abundance. My, my experience, looking back, I really believe that Ariel challenged me. Challenged me to discover my own gifts. It's there. Hindi ko lang nakikita, but it's there. So, all my academic life, I want you to know, be honest with you, that my grades were, remained submarines. But I discovered that my communication gifts were like rocket ships. It, it, I, I, I discovered later on in life, you know? And, and that's my challenge to you. This is not part of the talk, but I, I just, I just want to encourage you. If you've not yet discovered your rocket ship, you will, you know? And, and, and look at somebody beside you. Tell that person there is abundance in you. There really is. So let's, let's go to the text. Um, last week, last week we, we were reading about God creating this good world, and then He creates human beings, and then He says, I want you to partner with me and to rule this world. We, human beings, decided to partner with a serpent. That's what happened. So we pick up from there. Are you ready? Can I invite you to stand up again if that's okay? Sin has its consequences. Can everybody say sin has consequences? Sin, has sin creates problems. That, that, that's what happens. You know, sin brings death. So when the human beings partnered with the serpent, God had to do something. And this is the first thing that He did. Genesis chapter 3, verse 15. Can I invite you to read it with me? And God says, And I will cause hostility between you and the woman, and between your offspring and her offspring. And He will strike your head, and you will strike his heel. This is a promise that a victor will come. And this victor will crush the head of the serpent. And this victor will come from human offspring. Who will this victor be? This is Genesis chapter 3, spoken to the serpent. Could it be the children of Adam and Eve? Could it be his their eldest, their firstborn. What's his name? Let's read together. Spoiler alert, no, he was not the one. Let's read. Um, and now Adam 
had sexual relations with his wife Eve, and she became pregnant. When she gave birth to Cain, she said, with the Lord's help, I have produced a man. Later, she gave birth to his brother, named him Abel. When they grew up, Abel became a shepherd, while Cain cultivated the ground. He became a farmer. When it was time for the harvest, Cain presented some of his crops as a gift to the Lord. Isn't that nice? Okay, Abel also brought a gift, the best portions of the firstborn lambs from his flock. This is what happened. Ask me what happened. The Lord accepted Abel and his gift, but he did not accept Cain and his gift. Oh, but naman. Unfair. This made Cain very angry and he looked dejected. But ganun si Lord. He accepts one gift, he does not accept the other. Ask me why. Louder. It says here, before, before, before it says, the Lord accepted Abel and his gift, but he didn't accept Cain and his gift. Right before that, it says, the best portions of the firstborn lambs from his flock. We, we, we can only guess. We're not sure of this, but this might be the reason that Abel gave the best from his flock, but there was no mention of Cain giving his best. So, baka. Everybody say, maybe. maybe. We're not sure. We're not sure, and the author does not make it clear. Ask me why. Because that's not his focus. You know what is his focus? The focus is not on the reason for the rejection, but on the response of Cain for the rejection. How did Cain respond to this rejection? It says, this made Cain very angry and looked dejected. Could there have been a better reaction? Are you sure? Could there be a better reaction? You see someone blessed. Abel's offering was accepted. God blessed Abel. I look at that. My offering was not blessed. Was, is there a better reaction than... Unfair! Rage! And sadness. How about this reaction? Abel, galing mo naman. I, I, I'm so happy for you. God accepted. Turuan mo naman ako. Would that be a better reaction? But did he respond in that way? No, but the key is this. When you see someone blessed, what you want to do is celebrate his abundance. That's what you want to do. And then you trust in God that your abundance is coming. And you... Please be seated, guys. Thank you so much. Tell somebody beside you, don't be like Cain. But, but, but their story is so familiar. Ask me why. Does, does their story remind you of Thor and Loki? Marvel fans. Or if, if you're like me with two boys growing up, we watched thousands of Disney movies. Does this remind you of Scar and Mufasa? 
Or, or you, some of you, you read lots of books. Do, 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 you, rem do you remember Little Women? Uh, you don't read books, but, 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 but the point is this. In the Bible, sibling rivalry is so real. And, and why? Because that's our reality. In fact, the story of Cain and Abel is just the beginning. You've got, you've got so many other rivalries between brothers from, from, from uh, Isaac to Ishmael and from Esau versus Jacob and then Joseph versus his brothers and then David versus his brothers, on and on. And it doesn't have to even be blood brothers. I mean, think about our media, our literature, our novels, our movies. Go back to superheroes. Professor X versus Magneto. Marvel. You know, uh, Spider-Man versus his best friend Harry. Or, or uh, oh, um, Captain America versus Bucky. And, ako lang ba nanonood? Sorry, ah, sorry. Um, eto, old school. Do you know that DC says that Clark Kent and Lex Luthor were childhood friends. Now, wh why would why would our, you know, even even fiction and, and literature? Wh wh why do they talk about that? Because that's who we are. That's our reality. That we've got best friends, we've got close friends. But then, why do we keep on hurting each other? At the, you know, when when you really think about it, we're all siblings. Yes or no? We're all one big family. And yet, why do we keep on hurting each other? Ask me why. It's that. It's envy. We envy our sibling. We envy our neighbor. We envy our office mate. We envy our classmate. We envy the person, the stranger that sits in front of the bus, right there in front of us, when if he looks taller, if, if he's better dressed, if he's more guapo, if, if he's happier, we, we envy. Beneath envy is really emptiness. And, you know, the funny thing about that is, you know, yes, it's insecurity and all of that. The crazy thing is this. We don't want to admit we're, envy, we're envious. Actually, when, when we're envious, we... We clothe it with anger. The reason is, if you're going to acknowledge that you're envious, you're acknowledging that you're being petty. And so we, we, we clothe it with anger, and we, it comes out as annoyance. It comes out as... Uh, Am I making sense? And so today... We're going to keep on reading, and I'm going to ask Audie to, to come up here now, because he's going, he's going to read the story, and he's going to, you're going to see how God will respond to Cain. And you need to be really... Do, do you like the study? Do you like the, the, the text? Do you like Genesis? Genesis is amazing. And Audie, please come. Give the word. Give him a big hand again. Everybody say, thank you, Brother Bo. Oh, so good talking about the sin of envy. Can you look at the person beside you? 
Ba't kayo tumatawa? I want to talk to you about this topic of sin for the next few moments. You know, sin, sin is just... I probably don't even need to preach this because you know that sin is dangerous. Sin is bad. But you know, one thing about sin is that you leave it in your life long enough for it to grow roots. It'll steal, kill, and destroy everything that you hold dear. I mean, it's going to kill your, your, your relationships. It's going to destroy your habits. It's going to... It's going to steal your resources. That's what sin does. Because ultimately what sin wants to do is it wants to consume your soul. It wants to destroy your soul. In fact, let me read to you something so powerful that God said. Um, he says to, 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 he asks Cain, the Lord says, why are you so angry? Why do you look so dejected? And then he says this, you will be accepted if you do what is right. But if you refuse to do what is right, then watch out. Sin is crouching at the door, eager to control you. But you must subdue it and be its master. So many things I want to talk about this. God says, if you refuse to do what is right, guess what? You have the power to choose not to do what's right. You got the option to do what is not right. In other words, let me put it this way. You have the right to not do what's right. Why? Because of free will, of freedom. But you also have to know this, that free will comes with certain responsibilities. I mean, it's free, but there are certain responsibilities to free will. That's why, you know, in the spirit of Brother Bo talking about Marvel, what did Uncle Ben tell Peter Parker? With great power comes... I said that one time and then somebody said to me, with great power comes a high electricity bill. <laughs> that was a good one. With great power comes great responsibilities. That's why God says, there is a warning, by the way. God says, if you refuse to do what is right, then watch out. Because sin is crouching. Everybody shout crouching. It's crouching at the door waiting to pounce on you like a predator to its prey. You want to know what creature likes to crouch, likes to crawl, likes to slither? Serpents, right? The author is actually pointing us all the way back to the story of man, to the fall of man, to the story of creation, the, the first time that Adam and Eve sinned. So there's this hyperlink happening here. He's pointing us to the time when original sin was committed. And, you know, I was thinking just a while ago in backstage, original sin. Kung ang tawag sa sin ni Adam and Eve ay original sin, what do we call our sin? Is, is it, you know, fake sin? Pirated sin? Phony sin? I don't know. Anyway, that's just, I'm just sharing with you my raw, raw thoughts, okay? Please do not cancel me. Okay? How many of you have ever been canceled by people? Anybody here? Cancelled by people. Let me just say this. You are now what you, what you call cancel survivors. Okay? Okay, okay last nail, last nail. <laughs> uh, so sin, sin. We're talking about sin. And God says this. He says that sin, it's crouching at the door. It's eager. Everybody say eager. It's eager to control you. It wants to dominate you. It wants to rule over your life. It wants to pin you down into submission. Question, 
How do you know when sin has already dominated you, when sin is already in control of your life? Would you like to know the answer to that one? Okay, very simple answer for me. This is not my personal opinion. Sin is already in control of your life when sin has become normal. It's become, you know, second nature to you. You don't even worry about it anymore. You do the sinful act and then you take a good rest. You do the sinful deed and then you go watch a movie. You go on a date. It's like, you know, it's just second nature. You're not even bothered by it anymore. That's when you know that sin has penetrated in your life. When lying has become normal. When stealing has become normal. When cheating has become normal. When corruption has become normal. That's when you know that sin has grown in your life. You're not even bothered by it anymore. And you know what? This is a dangerous place to be in. This is a very deadly place to be in. In fact, I believe this, that once sin grows roots in your life, you know what? The devil doesn't even have to do anything after that because all he needs to do is watch you grow that sin and grow more roots. That's why I truly believe this, that corrupt people, they don't need enemies anymore. Why? Because their greatest enemies are themselves. Eventually, corrupt people are going to end up destroying themselves. That's why, you know, we got to talk about sin because it's, it's damaging our families. It's damaging our relationships. And make no mistake, Adam and Eve, they fought with sin. And you know what that tells me? We are forever destined to fight with sin. We're destined to battle with sin. But you know what? The battle against sin, it's not the way that we foresee it, that we look at it. Because some of us, whenever we look at battles, we look at it as a one-time event. You know, whenever the battle is done, the war is done, yeah, we're victorious. We praise God. But you know, I want you to know this, that God looks at victory in a different way. He looks at the definition of victory in a very different way. Let me explain this to an example, okay? How many of you recently celebrated the win of the Golden State Warriors in the NBA Finals? Come on, let me see your hands. Yeah? Any Dubs fans here? Yeah, I know that you're good people because you're raising your hand. You're my kind of people. I, I, I love the Golden State Warriors. In fact, since 2015, I, I, I follow them. I watch every game. And so I'm so excited every time there's an NBA Finals. I have one rule in my home. Every time there's an NBA Finals, one simple rule. Nobody is allowed to talk to me for two hours. That's the rule. You can talk to me, but you make it quick. If you need some, some, for me to do some chores, you got to wait. Okay, write it down. If you want, if there's an emergency, go talk to the neighbor. You know, that kind of rule. You can talk to me while there's commercial, but make it quick. Because I love watching them play. And, you know, you can talk to me as long as you're cheering with me. And so they won. They won this year, you know. 2021, 2022 NBA champions. Or maybe, no, it's 2022, 2023 champions. And we all celebrated it, you know, people who, who love playing basketball. And um, I've been following them since 2015 up until now and you know they recently won their championship but it wasn't like that they won they started winning in 2015 and then I think they won about three championships up until 2019 where they started losing they lost to the Toronto Raptors I'm sorry if I'm losing some of the non-basketball people here but stick with me stick with me okay general knowledge so they lost to this team called the Toronto Raptors in 2019 and then they lost one of their star players Kevin Durant to the Brooklyn Nets and then they also lost Clay Thompson, one of their key players, to injury. And so they were suffering, and so they lost. And then in 2020, they also lost. They didn't even get to play in the playoffs. And so a lot of people were saying, a lot of haters were saying, you know, we're never going to see the Warriors 
in an NBA Finals ever. Mark my word, the dynasty is dead. And so imagine the win of this team coming towards victory, people questioning them. You know, if you're sometimes if you, you realize the truth that with winners, there will always be haters. Whenever there's a winner, you got to expect that you've got haters. And so that's what they experienced. There were a lot of haters talking against them. So when they won, it was such a sweet victory. But then a few days later, I was reading in social media. And I followed these people, especially on Twitter. And I saw, you know, some of the players, and I'm not talking about random guys. They're talking about the lead key players. They started talking back. At the people who talked back against them. You know, they were trash-talking people in spite of their win. And this is just my personal opinion. You can disagree with me. I can handle that. That's fine. But I truly believe this. They won the championship. But at some point, I felt like they also lost. Why? Because of their attitude. Did you know that you can win big in life, but also lose big in life? You can win the victory, but if you choose to be hateful, bitter, vengeful, guess what? You didn't really win anything. Because the victory that God wants to win in us, it's not just an external victory. It's an internal victory. Let me put it this way. God wants to win within. He wants to win within. I'll share with you one, one other example, okay? I watched this movie few months ago called American Underdog. How many of you have seen that? It's, it's not a very famous movie. If you get a chance to watch it, go ahead. But I'll not reveal to you the spoilers. Um, it's a movie about an underdog guy named Kurt Warner. Kurt Warner. And um, you know, this is a true-to-life story. And I love true-to-life stories. It was a story about this young guy named Kurt Warner who all his life, he wanted to play in the NFL, the National Football League. He wanted to go pro. And ever since he was young, you know, he had the skill set to do it. He was big. He was strong. He was fast. He had the talent to do it. But for some reason, he just couldn't catch a break. Sometimes that happens in life. You know, you got the skill set to do it, but they give the promotion to somebody else who's not as qualified as you. And that's what happened to this guy. You know, they, he wanted to play in the NFL, but no breaks. He couldn't catch any of the breaks. And so he had a good life, by the way. Good relationship. He had a good livelihood. He was loved by his wife. But for some reason, he felt every time he would look in the mirror, he saw himself as a failure. Because he wasn't in the NFL. That was his dream. Until... There was this beautiful conversation between him and, and another character played by Dennis Quaid. He played a coach in real life. It was a coach that talked to Kurt. And they had this beautiful conversation. And I hope that this will not be spoiler alert for some of you who want to watch it. But they had this conversation where the coach says to Kurt, he says, you know, all your life, you have been trying to measure your success based on your achievements, on what you have did right, you know, your dream. And just because you're not in the NFL... You feel like you failed in life. And then he says these words that I will never forget. I hope that you're listening. He says, life is not about what you achieve. But rather, life is about what you become. Because life is a journey. It's not an event. And I hope that I can speak this to somebody here today to know the truth. That the victory that God wants to win you, it's not a one-time event. But it's a process. It's a process. If you win the victory, 
but you remain vengeful and sinful and, rep- and bitter, guess what? You didn't really win the victory. If you passed the test, but you cheated your way into that test, guess what? You didn't really win anything, did you? If you get the girl or you get the guy, but you lied your way into that relationship, you didn't really win anything. If you got the promotion, but you bribed your way up in the, in the corporate ladder, and you stepped over a dozen people, guess what? You didn't win anything because the victory that God wants to win in your life, it's not just a one-time event. Yes, praise God for the victories that He wins for us. But the victory, and this is the way God will handle sin, it's called personal transformation. It's a lifelong process where God is changing you and changing me and changing him and changing her to become more and more like Jesus. So imagine, imagine if all of us, God is changing you and God is changing you and God is changing you and there's this personal transformation happening in all of us. We're conquering sin deep within because God wants to win within. That's how God will win the victory against sin if He wins in you. But you know, sadly, in the story that we're studying in Cain and Abel, Cain did not win the victory, at least within. He won the external victory over his brother. You know, he was envious, but he won. But deep within, he lost. In fact, let me show you. Cain lost this battle. Let's read in Genesis chapter 4. It says, one day, Cain suggested his brother. Come on. Let's go out into the fields. And while they were in the field, what did Cain do? He attacked his brother Abel and killed him. Quick lesson. Sin will not always be packaged in a a scary way. I said this, I think, a few weeks ago. That when sin is packaged by the enemy, the enemy is very clever and cunning. You know how he will package sin? It's something very attractive. It's not scary like, you know, horror movies. No. It'll come in your life in the form of sometimes a brother, a friendly brother, but that brother has evil intentions. It'll come in the form sometimes of a friendly sister with a seemingly friendly invitation. So what lesson can we learn from here? First, how do we respond to things like that? You have to acknowledge the truth that, hey, we live in a broken world. There are people around you that are broken. Can you look at the person beside you? Come on. Just one quick look. You might not know it, that person has been hurt. How many of you have been hurt? Raise your hand. Come on. Look at that. Each of us here have been hurt in one way or the other. So we acknowledge the truth that, hey, we have been hurt. And we know the wisdom. Hurt people, hurt people. So if you have been on the receiving side of hurt, I want you to think about this. this This is very sincere. I want you to think about this. If you've been hurt, first thing, I want you to, discern in my hurt am i also hurting others you might be on the receiving side of hurt but you might also be on the giving side of hurt but if you feel like with a genuine way that you did not do anything to earn that hurt what you do is you surrender that hurt to the lord let god heal you you receive his mercy and then you ask god to teach you how to forgive because my friends forgiveness is the only way that you can move forward so here's my advice love people yes love people but you love them wisely not blindly okay you love wisely entertain people in your life but don't just give your heart 
to the next person that you see. This is advice for all the single people. Single people, can I hear from you? Give me a shout. Parang hindi kayo natutuwa na single kayo ah. <laughs> Give me another shout. Yeah. All right. So love wisely, not blindly. That's the lesson. Let's continue. It says, what happens next in the story? Verse 11. After Cain killed Abel, God punished Cain. And then in verse 11, it says, Now you are cursed, he says to Cain, and banished from the ground, which has swallowed your brother's blood. Verse 12. No longer will the ground yield good crops for you, no matter how hard you work. Because from now on, you will be a homeless wanderer on earth. You know what? We see here God telling Cain that no longer will you experience so and so and so and so. What was happening here? Cain actually condemned his future. But not only that, Cain actually cursed the next generation. And in life, that's ha that happens. We call this thing called generational sin. Have you ever heard of that? We pass the sin from one generation to the next generation, to the next generation, to the next generation. That's why there are families that are so dysfunctional because Lolo cheated with Lola and now daddy cheated on mama and now I'm destined to cheat against my wife. But hey, it's not a destiny. It's a choice. It's a decision that you make. I want you to be the kind of Christ followers to challenge yourself to starting today that as you might have received a curse or something from your past, from your family that you have been taught over the years, I want you to be the kind of Christ followers that over that timeline, you will be the first person to say, it ends with me. The sin stops with me. I'm not going to pass it to my children. I'm not going to pass it to my siblings. I'm not even going to pass it to my friends because the sin stops with me. Can you say that out loud? The sin stops with me. One more time. The sin stops with me. That's right because you've got a choice. Two choices actually. Either you step on the serpent, you kill the sin completely, or you live long enough to actually become the serpent. Are you hearing what I'm saying? Either you step on the sin or the serpent, or eventually if you don't, you become that serpent. Is this helping you in any way? Can I invite you to stand up? I'm going to close with this message. Praise God. Let's give the Lord a clap offering. We've learned about two of the children of Adam and Eve. Adam and Eve, by the way, you know, they did the sin. So sin followed the children. Two children, Cain and Abel. Who? Cain and Abel. But the author is actually giving us a surprise because this doesn't end with Cain and Abel. There's actually a third child. A third child of Adam and Eve. Did you know that they had a third child? Okay. Kayo na. Kayo third child but before I give you the the name of the third child I mean let me just say this third child the number three is very significant in the Bible and you know this we preached about this in the book of Jonah how the number three for those of you who did not hear that message the number three signifies new life everybody say new life new life I mean third day is a symbol of new life Abraham 
walked on the mountain to Mount Moriah. Why? Because God told him to sacrifice his one and only son, Isaac. And imagine if you're a parent, sacrificing your only son, your only child. But then at the foot of the mountain, Mount Moriah, an angel stopped Abraham just before he could do the deed. When was that? Three days later, Abraham experienced new life. Noah also experienced new life. When? When the flood came. He and his family were the only survivors of this great flood. And then the flood, the flood was, I mean, the, the, the rain stopped. But then Noah had to search for dry land. There's nothing inside except water. It was a water world. And then what did Noah do? He sent a bird to look for dry land. A few days later, the bird came back. No dry land. After a few days, seven days, Noah sent another bird. And again, that bird came back. But the third time, the third bird, he sent that bird out. The bird never came back. So Noah experienced new life. But there, if there is a person who we look to the most who symbolizes the number three, it has to be Jesus himself. I mean, Jesus was buried dead in a tomb for all the world to see back then. People were mourning, but then Jesus awoke from his death. He was raised to life. When? Three days later. New life. And I'm praying that God would breathe new life. How many of you want new life? Raise your hand. That God would breathe new life in that old breath of yours. He would replace old dreams with God's dreams. New life, new life. In the story, we hear about two children, Cain and Abel. And you can imagine, I mean, Adam and Eve are already failed. Can you imagine your kids, your children killing each other? Thank God that God is not finished yet because there was a third child. The third child's name was called Seth. Everybody say Seth. In the Hebrew language, the word Seth means anointed or placed. Not by accident, but by divine appointment. And then it says that Seth, we go back. Sorry, not go back, but go forward. In the book of Genesis chapter 5 verse 3, the author says that Seth was so much like his dad, Adam. In fact, it says that when Adam was 130 years old, he became the father of a son who was just like him in his very image, and he named him Seth. So you see, down the timeline, if you can imagine this, you got Cain, you got Abel, you got Seth, and you failed with the first two. I mean, you, you failed miserably. But then there is a third child. What is the message in all of this? You might be buried in some sin and some struggle and some difficulties and some challenges in your life. And God knows you're trying. You're trying to get rid of that addiction. You're trying to get rid of that, of that pornography. You're trying to get rid of that infidelity. You're trying to get rid of that substance addiction. But you keep on failing. You keep on backsliding. But here's the hope in this message. This is a message of hope. That in this timeline of Cain and Abel, failure after failure after failure, something significant happens. Because in the Bible, in the book of Genesis, nothing much is mentioned about Cain. About, sorry, about Seth. We don't hear a lot about Seth, but Seth plays a very vital role. If you know the answer, please do not tell somebody beside you. <laughs> what is the answer? Remember the time when God promised a champion to the world? 
God said, I will send you a champion who will, what? Who will crush the head of the serpent. That champion was not Cain. It was not Abel. It wasn't even Seth. Who was that champion? I'm a Mary. I'm looking at you as though you already knew the answer. Who is the champion that crushed death and crushed the serpent? Jesus. Everybody say the name, Jesus. One more time, Jesus. Question, where did Jesus come from? Yes, Mama Mary, definitely. But Jesus was not a descendant of Abel. Abel didn't even have kids. He died. He wasn't a descendant of Cain. Jesus was a descendant of Seth. Imagine, I, I see your faces, oh, the message of the Lord for all of us today is that you can have failure after failure after failure, but if you choose not to give up, eventually God can turn your biggest setback into the greatest comeback ever. Never give up. Can you touch your neighbor and say, don't give up? Don't give up. Because you don't know that down in your timeline, there might be a sin and a sin and a sin. Eventually, there will be victory. Because God sees victory in a different way. It's not a one-time event. You could fail in this event. You could fail in this event. But the victory is in the process. It's where God is changing you. So ask yourself this question. In the work that you do, whatever work that is, in the family that He's planted you to, in the place where God will call you to migrate to, in the mission work that He's called you to do, the question is, it's not about what you're doing. It's about who you're becoming. Are you becoming more like Jesus? Or are you becoming somebody else? Are you becoming more loving like Jesus? Because the winning, it's not in the doing. The winning is in the becoming. The winning is in the becoming. Becoming more like Jesus. And you know, I can, I can end the message here, but I want to convict still some of you here today. Because I know the kinds of sin that we go through. It's not easy. Not easy. You get to a point in your life where you've recovered from certain addictions. You've recovered from lying. You've recovered from cheating. You've recovered from gambling or gossiping. But all it takes sometimes is just one pull. One nudge. One tap on the shoulder. And then you're back into that same sin. It's hard. It's hard. But the promise that I received this week is that, yes, it's hard, but we, we don't have to do it alone. The devil is so clever and cunning that he can easily outsmart you. You can't defeat the devil on your own. But here's the message. You cannot outsmart him, but you can certainly overcome him. How? Through the power of Jesus at work in your life. It's by the power and the grace of the Lord our God, Jesus Christ Himself, who overcome temptation, who overcomes sin, that will enable you to overcome the same sins in your life. But you have to make that decision. Will you allow Jesus to be your God? Choose. Will you follow Cain? Or will you follow Christ? Will you follow the one who took the life of his brother? Or will you follow the one who gave his life to his brothers and to his sisters? Will you follow the one who was so envious 
or you follow the one who was so secure in his father's love that nothing there was no comparison that was needed for Jesus because he, would, he knew he was perfectly loved would you follow Cain or would you follow Christ the choice is yours you make the choice today based on the posture of your heart I'm going to invite you into prayer but this will be your prayer make it your own in the presence of the Lord you can bow your heads you can close your eyes God Almighty we thank you for the strength that we know you can give us we are imperfect we are frail we are fragile and we are limited in the sense that we have fallen from grace and that we battle with sin but we thank you that we don't have to do this alone we thank you that the Holy Spirit is working in us to fight with us and to fight for us and so in your presence right now we surrender all our sins the sin of envy the sin of pride every sin that we have accumulated that has been planted in the garden of our life father we ask you to help us get rid of all these sins we surrender them to you at the foot of the cross knowing and believing that you can handle them all we thank you for we are not alone thank you for the promise of victory in our life lord we may we may not see it right now but we certainly believe in the promise of tomorrow down our timeline there is a promise that one day we will attain the victory thank you Jesus thank you for the power of your name there is power in your name Jesus and we declare this today that there is healing in your name there is strength in your name there is love in your name there is mercy in your name and so we walk in this faith in the victory of Jesus. Amen. Thank you for listening to today's podcast. Subscribe to Feast Radio and open yourself to God's grace. For more podcasts like these, visit feast.ph radio.